So we are in a January sermon series called Starting Over, Back to the Basics of Faith. And we've been kind of basing this on the premise that the new year is a time to start over. It's a a time to reset, to reprioritize, to uh, take a look and say, what's most important? Uh, What matters? What do I believe? What's my foundation? And so we've been uh, doing that for the last few weeks. We talked about our core beliefs and I shared with you mine. And then last week, we looked at the first four of the Ten Commandments uh, that I'm calling guardrails uh, for living life. And so let's, let's quickly go over what those are. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. These four have to do with our relationship with God. And today we move on to the six that have to do with our relationship with each other. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine what it would be like to live in a world where people didn't hurt each other? Where we didn't gossip or talk bad about each other? Can you imagine what it would feel like to live in a world where we treated each other the way that we want to be treated? What it would feel like to live in a world without social media? I I, I long for that sometimes. where kids didn't get excluded, bullies didn't thrive online, and the most toxic people wouldn't have the largest following? Can you imagine what it would be like to live in a world where people uh, honored their commitments, listened more than they talked, respected their elders, and and, and took a genuine interest in the lives of other people? That, That would be a pretty amazing world, right? I could sign up for that. I said last week that the Ten Commandments were given by God to the Israelite people because God had led them out of Egypt, cared for their well-being, and God had certain expectations for what this covenantal relationship would look like. And then centuries later, Jesus comes along and he basically sums them up when he says, here, here's two commandments. If you can't remember the Ten, remember these two. Love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Hang everything else on that. But guess what? These 10 rules still apply. And I think they're guardrails for our lives. They are more specific descriptions of how we are to live, how we are to act, how we are to treat others. Following these rules, like I told our children, is in our best interest. God has given us these rules because God loves us, not because God is some angry, mean, uh, legalistic God. God gives us these rules the same way parents give their children rules. These are in your best interest. You might not see it right now, but I promise you, if you don't follow these rules, it's going to lead to problems. So I want to talk about the final six today. And remember, these six have to do with how we interact with each other. So guardrail number five, honor your father and your mother. My, uh, my mother passed away 17 years ago. Uh, She took her own life after battling depression. Many of you know that. But since then, I have done everything in my power to try to honor her legacy and to remember everything that she taught me because there were many years that were good and happy and healthy. She wasn't always like she was at the end. But when you lose a parent that way, it's very hard. I, I think this commandment, this guardrail, is more challenging for adults than it is for children because there's something that happens as we grow older. When we grow up and we become adults, and it takes some longer than others, by the way, uh, we begin to see the flaws and the shortcomings of our parents. Uh, 
At one point in life, we thought that our parents hung the moon, that, that, that they could do no wrong. We thought that they had it all together. They had it all figured out. And then as we get older, we realize, actually, that's not true. Uh, they don't have it all together. Um, they, they have their flaws, their shortcomings, and, and that catches some people by surprise. But, but I do think that as we grow older, we all experience this to some degree. And it can be disillusioning. It can be disappointing. And some people really struggle once they realize that their parents have flaws. So this commandment, this guardrail, can be hard for those who may not feel as though their parents deserve to be honored because of something that happened in the past. Maybe your dad left when you were young, you never knew him. Maybe you were physically or sexually abused as a child. Maybe there was infidelity involved in your parents' marriage. Maybe there was a drinking problem or an addiction in your house. Maybe there was favoritism showed to another sibling. Maybe your parents had completely unrealistic expectations of how you were supposed to turn out. Maybe your parents got divorced when you were young and when you needed them most and they weren't there for you because they were fighting with each other. Maybe you're like me, you had a parent uh, take their own life and you're not really sure what honoring them looks like after that. This commandment is not easy for anybody and it's really not easy for some people. Some have a very difficult time with it. But listen to what it says in the text after the commandment. Honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving to you. You see, in ancient Israel, the family unit traveled together and it was multi-generations. And so what would happen is as parents would age and they would get older, they would travel with their children and their grandchildren and maybe even their great-grandchildren and the children would take care of them. That's just kind of what they did. And so you would take care of your parents as you traveled around in hopes that one day your parents would take or your children would take care of you. Does that make sense? So life comes full circle. Can you be disappointed with your parents? Absolutely. My mom never got to meet her uh, daughter-in-law and son-in-laws. She never got to see her grandchildren. Can you get frustrated with your parents? Absolutely, but God says, honor them, respect them, love them, cut them some slack, and perhaps one day your children will honor you. There's a story told about a, a, an old elderly father who moved in with his daughter and, and he was trying to eat uh, breakfast and he would always spill his food and, and slosh it around. And so one day the daughter got so mad that, that she, 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 she put him in the corner and she gave him a wooden bowl and said, here, you sit here and you eat out of this. Well, later that week, the mom walked into her son's room and, and he, was, uh, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was carving something out of wood. And she said, sweetie, what are you doing? And he said, well, mom, I'm carving a wooden bowl for you to eat out of one day when you come live with me. <laughs> Think about that. Guardrail number six, you shall not murder. Now, hopefully nobody here this morning is uh, struggling with this guardrail. Uh, it seems pretty clear. Jesus approached this commandment when he said, first, you have to go and deal with your anger. Remember he said, you've heard it said you shall not kill. But I say to you, if you're angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. But for obvious reasons, this commandment opens up the door to many discussions where faith and politics seem to inevitably collide. We would all agree that this commandment is good, that it makes sense, but Christians can disagree when it should be enforced. What about war? What about the death penalty? What about abortion? What about euthanasia? You know, personally, 
Speaking for me personally, I've been drawn to what has been called a consistent ethic of life. And that actually does not cut down clear political lines, by the way. But it's amazing to me how a simple commandment can become so controversial. And we could do an entire sermon series just focusing on the sixth commandment. Stanley Hauerwas and Will Willeman, I told you last week they wrote a great book on the Ten Commandments. And they say this, God, the giver of life, is the only one with the right to take life. The fundamental presumption in scripture is quite simple. Life belongs to God. Life's not an end in itself. Life is God's creation. And we stand in awe of life as we stand in awe of God. But intelligent people know that things are not always simple and, and, and clear cut. And so we wrestle with this. Guardrail number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Commonly paraphrased as, you shall not sleep with somebody who is not your spouse. Very few things will rock a marriage like infidelity. It's the ultimate betrayal of trust. But I do believe that, that marriages can get through it because I've seen it. Adultery is a symptom that something has gone wrong in the marriage. Generally speaking, men and women who commit adultery want to feel loved and affirmed, chased and admired, uh, heard and respected. And for whatever reason, they're not finding that in their marriage. So, so lots of times when adultery happens, the marriage has just been put on cruise control. It's not been a priority. Sometimes it's because of the kids and you're so busy raising kids and pouring into the kids that you forget to make time for each other. So the best thing that we can do, I think, is to focus on what it means to intentionally love another person and to live out the vows that we said before God and before our family and our friends. The best thing that we can do is to remember those famous words of the Apostle Paul when he said, love is patient and love is kind and love is not envious or, or boastful or arrogant or rude. It's not irritable or resentful. You see, love must be proactive. Neglecting love is what leads to adultery. And the best way to prevent adultery is to be intentional in your marriage, to make your spouse a priority, to carve out time for them, to go on trips with them, to take them out to dinner, to compliment them, to build them up. Boundaries have become very important and necessary in our culture. Boundaries matter in, in, in life. They must be set and they must be honored. Boundaries will keep us from making poor decisions, but there's still no substitute for being proactive in your marriage and in your relationships. Healthy couples make their relationship a top priority. You've heard it said that's the best gift you can give your children. And that's so true, but not always easy. Guardrail number eight, you shall not steal. <laughs> I was born and raised in Memphis. Uh, so I can tell you some stories about stealing, okay? Um, I can tell you about our yard guy breaking in our garage and stealing our leaf vacuum when I was little and then denying it. I can tell you about one time I was trying to lead a young adult Bible study after seminary and everybody had their car parked in the High Point neighborhood and, and, two, and, and guys came through and broke into cars, not once, but twice while we were doing that. Uh, I can tell you about my best friend walking out one morning and finding his Lexus uh, sedan on cinder blocks with the wheels gone. I can tell you some stories about theft, but I wanna talk about theft as it relates to some things that are less tangible. Theft as omission and neglect doesn't just apply to stuff. Adultery is a form of theft. 
Not only is it stealing somebody else's spouse, it can also lead to stealing the happiness and well-being of two families. There's a lot of collateral damage when it comes to that. Lots of lives are affected. People are hurt. What about the concept of stealing valuable time that should be spent with your spouse and your children working too much and saying you're doing it all for your family, being away from home too much, giving everybody else our best and giving what's left over to the people at home that deserve our best, not being fully present when we're around the people that deserve our best. That's theft too. What about having more than enough resources and not helping people that are in need. That's what the church is here to do, is serve the community and give back and make a difference. Willimon and Harawas say temperance, the moderate attachment to the world's goods and the pursuit of justice, limiting our desire to pursue our neighbor's goods as well as increasing our desire to render them what is their due are the ways we learn to be a people who are not captured by theft. To be able to say enough is enough, to see our neighbor's needs, whatever they might be, as a claim upon what we have, so we can help them if we have the ability. Have we ever thought of theft as being not helping the people who really need us in this world? And so what I'm saying is theft can take on lots of forms. It's not just stuff. But there's one thing that we can never get back, and we need to remember this, and that is time. We all need to be very careful with how we spend our time. Time is precious. And so we have to use it wisely. And stealing time is something that can't be replaced. Guardrail number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't lie. Tell the truth, seek the truth. Our culture has a hard time with the truth. Books and articles have been written, but I think that there's kind of five basic reasons why people don't tell the truth in life. The first is fear. We lie because we fear the truth being known. We're afraid of what others might think if they knew the truth. The second is shame and guilt. There's a lot of shame and guilt in our culture which causes people to be afraid. People have done and will do things that they're not proud of, and then when they're asked about it, they will lie to cover it up to avoid talking about it. The third reason I would say is, is just selfishness. People lie because they are looking out for themselves and they don't mind deceiving others or misleading others as long as it will continue to benefit them personally. When it comes down to it, almost all lying is basically selfish. We deceive another person to make ourselves feel and look better. Then there's ambition, people lie to, 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 to achieve something. And then there's just not wanting to hurt others. Some people, especially in the South, will lie because they just want to be nice. They don't want to hurt people's feelings. It's not nice. But see, we now live in a culture where everybody is having a hard time figuring out what is true and what isn't. Remember the Mooneyhan quote, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. But now we're debating facts. So then most people, you know, they, they, they just find the truth that works for them, and that's their truth. And it's really become a challenge. I'm, I'm not making this up. What is truth? And how do we know if we're being told the truth? You know, Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It used to be that there was a, a, a set of agreed-upon facts, and then everybody would, you know, would, would have their opinions about the facts. But now we're disputing the facts, and it seems like we can't agree upon the facts. So just think about these questions. They're not loaded questions. Um, 
Is global warming a reality? Do humans play a role? Is there a double standard in politics? Does Nashville have a growth problem? <laughs> is there an affordable housing crisis? Is our culture becoming more and more and more secular? You see, just simple questions can, can lead people to say that they have a different truth that's the answer. Truth matters, and we're commanded to seek the truth and tell the truth. And if you tell the truth, then you got nothing to worry about. But if you don't tell the truth, it'll catch up with you. And usually it does, because lying is a slippery slope. People have a hard time remembering what they lied about, and then they get caught later. And so I'd like to say this morning that it's okay to say I was wrong. It's okay to say I was mistaken. It's okay to say I don't know. It's okay to say let me find that out and I'll get back to you. I don't have the answer right now. The truth will set you free, Jesus said. Tell the truth. It's healthy for relationships. It's healthy for friendships. It's healthy for marriages and families. Tell the truth. Lastly this morning, the 10th guardrail. Guardrail number 10, do not covet. Do not be envious. Do not be jealous. Uh, do not always want what others have. How's that working out for us in the social media age? Pretty good? Jonathan Haidt uh, teaches at NYU. He wrote an uh, article back in December in the Wall Street Journal where he talked about uh, Generation Z and, and the problems that social media is presenting. Uh, and basically what he said is that social media has led us into this age of compare and despair. And isn't that true? We, we, we look at what others have and then we feel bad that we don't have it. But you cannot live a life of gratitude and contentment if you're always focused on what everybody else has. You have to count the blessings in your own life and then give thanks to God, the giver of all good things. You know, these are the guardrails that, that God gave to Moses and God has given to us and, and they still matter. And so we have to try to follow them. And Jesus summed them up, love God, love your neighbor. But sometimes it's good to get back into the, the, the 10 and, and spell them out. We can't go back to the basics of faith. We can't start over in a new year without revisiting the heart of the law, the Decalogue, the 10 commandments, and then ask ourselves, are we living lives where we're doing everything in our power to live these out, to apply them to all situations, to, to not get off track because when we don't follow them, things happen and life gets complicated and chaotic and we look back and say, oh, oh, I wish, I wish I'd followed them. Sometimes we make the faith far more complicated than it has to be. I'm not saying it's easy, it's not. A faith is centered on putting others first, um, not being selfish, showing love, compassion, and forgiveness. That's hard. But when we can do it, we feel it, we know it, and it makes a really big difference. Amen.